Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio. Uh, very excited today to head to our home city of Tucson, Arizona. Um, it is a beautiful, beautiful city. Uh, over a million people, you wouldn't believe it, though, live in Tucson. It just doesn't feel like it when you live there. Uh, but we're very excited because, you know, we did a series on uh, authors uh, that are all part of the Tucson Sisters in Crime chapter in Southern Arizona. And this uh, Sisters in Crime is national. Um, I think it's international. We'll find out, actually. Uh, but anyway, it, it really is all about mystery writers and writers uh, based in Tucson or outside of Tucson writing about Tucson. It's about publishers, editors, anybody that is into it. This is your place. So I encourage you to go to their website, TucsonSistersInCrime.org, uh, because we're going to talk about their new anthology called Trouble in Tucson. It's on Amazon now, and you can find that link directly, again, from TucsonSistersInCrime.org. But we're going to first welcome, we've got some great authors joining us and writers that are all part of the anthology. But first, we're going to bring Eva Eldridge on. She edited the book. Uh, you know her from Big Blend Radio and also in our various uh, Big Blend magazines. Welcome back, Eva. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Lisa? Doing good, doing good. How is Tucson? I mean, it's Tucson. it's beautiful weather. Well, it got really hot, really, for a couple of days, and now it's back to normal. The wind was awful yesterday, but it's back to good today. So, yeah, spring. We might have spring instead of summer. Ah, ah. Well, we we like spring. Spring in the desert is beautiful. Um, tell us a little bit about putting this anthology where where the idea came from, and then also because it's connected to. Um, what would you call the uh, left coast crime? So how does the left coast crime connect with uh, the Tucson sisters in crime? Left coast crime is an organization that puts on a convention in a different city every year. They have to bid for, you know, people bid for the, for their cities to host it. And Tucson won the 2023 bid. And so somebody That's mentioned awesome. somewhere down the line, Oh, let's do an anthology for the, for left coast crime. And I uh, volunteered to edit it. And that's how that ha happened. Our our um, group really hasn't done much with anthologies, unlike a couple of the other chapters in Arizona. Uh, mm -hmm. Desert Sluice does one normally, but or I don't even know if do they do that every year or every other year. But this was our first uh, anthology from uh, with our chapter hosting it. Mm, that's fantastic. Uh, I love it. It's a, a wonderful collection of stories. Um, all will make you think. Um, and also Cheryl Ryan is here as well. Cheryl <clears throat> did the cover. You can keep up with Eva. Go to her website, evaeldridge.com. But Cheryl's website is CherylRyan.com. And that's Cheryl with a C. Welcome to the show, Cheryl. How are you? I am good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Hey, it's great to have you here and excited to talk about the cover, too, because I think that's a huge deal, whether someone's at the, you know, the Festival of Books, which, of course, Tucson is also home to and and uh, proud host of a huge, huge event every year. Um, but at the same time, if they're purchasing the book on Amazon, you still have to compete. So the, the front cover is always important, right? Yes. Image is everything. Yeah, yeah. And how did you come up with the cover? We love the Fox Theater, but why why did you decide that that would be the 
the right one to use for the front cover. Just because it's got that sort of retro look to it, it just needed to, and it's gold and it's just gorgeous. I mean, it's, you know, I, all I did was use something that is already gorgeous. You know, I mean, how do you beat that marquee? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I think too? Um, and Eva, would you agree as well is that it's a theater. So a theater is about telling a bunch of stories. You know, it's a, it's a storytelling hub, whether, you know, it's being performed or people are reading or doing readings that, that is why I think the cover other than it's beautiful, right. Makes a good choice for an anthology because you know, you're going to go on a bunch of different rides when you read an anthology. Yep. And with this one, especially since one of our stories actually takes place in um, the Fox Theater, and that would be Amber's story. So it just, it worked out perfect with that Mm. cover. Well, let's bring Amber on. Amber Leffler is joining us. Uh, Her story in the book is called Mariachi Mischief, and you can go to her website, Amber. Dawn Leffler, and that's Amber with B-R-E, Dawn, and Leffler is L-E-F-F-L-E-R. So welcome to the show, Amber. How are you? Thank you, Lisa. I'm doing very well today. Hey, this is awesome. I hear that you like to compose silly songs for your cats. I do. I take I like you. songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I love that. So can you give everyone just a, a brief overview? Don't tell the whole story, right? Just a little snippet of what Mariachi Mischief is about. It is about a ghost who used to be a trumpet player in Mariachi at the Fox Theater. And something happens that prompts him to realize he needs to let them know, hey, bring Mariachi back to the Fox to ensure both their futures. I love it. I love it. Um, this is a, so. Do you live in Tucson? Because I know with um, Sisters in Crime, people can live outside the area, and we have some uh, guests joining us, guest authors who are outside the area. Um, where are you based out of? I am in Phoenix, but my sister lives in Tucson, and she works at the Fox, so that's where I got a lot of inspiration and ideas ah. for the story. Hey, and you do, you know, share saguaro cactus, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, let's speaking of, of saguaros, um, we've also got a lady, Janet Alcorn, joining us. And her book is Adam Carmona, another book, sorry, her story. I'm so used to like everyone's full books. Her story is Adam Carmona and the case of the saguaro ripper. Woo. Um, tell us a little bit about that and welcome, Janet. How are you? Thank you, Lisa. I'm doing great. And thanks so much for having me. This is so much fun. I've actually never been interviewed on a podcast before. So I'm excited. Um, Well, you're in a good spot. Everybody's friendly here. I promise. And if they're not, we'll put them in a murder mystery. (laughs) (laughs) We'll kill them off. Figuratively. (laughs) That's one of the fun things about crime writing, right? Somebody irritates you, they become the next victim. Um, (laughs) So um, sorry. So Adam Carmona in the case of the Sorar Ripper is about Detective Adam Carmona, who's he's kind of an annoying goody two shoes in a way, um, but he has his own issues and his marriage challenges and such. But I kind of made him the you know, there's this this trope of the detective that's 
super troubled and drinks too much and all that. And I kind of made Carmona the opposite of that a little bit, but he still has his issues. But at any any rate, he's head of a multi-agency task force chasing the most prolific serial killer in Tucson history and so far not being very successful. And when he arrives, the story opens, when he arrives at the scene of the Saguaro Ripper's latest killing, the details look the same as the last five murders until Carmona recognizes the corpse. Ooh. Now I hear that um, you like music too. We're, we're going. This is becoming a musical show now, okay? Because you know, we've got mariachi music, and apparently yours is eighties. Am I right on this? Yeah, mostly. Um, yeah, almost anything eighties, but especially eighties metal. Diehard Def Leppard fan, and it's funny that this comes up because I'm a little bit sleep deprived because I was out last night at the Rialto, another old theater in Tucson, seeing a band called Last in Line, which is among other things a side project for one of Def Leppard's guitar. So I was in the front row and dude, yeah, lucky yeah. I even have a voice today. So it was fun. Oh, yeah. Do you listen to music when you write? I mean, do you get inspired by songs? I get inspired by songs, but I can't listen to music when I write. I have to write in silence, which is so boring, but there it is. <laughs> ah, I love it. And everyone, JanetAlcorn.com is Janet's website. Uh, so I want to keep going in regards to these stories in in the in this anthology. Again, Trouble in Tucson is the anthology. You can get it on Amazon at TucsonSistersInCrime.org. But we're going to keep with the music thing. And, and this is not necessarily music, but The Big Bang. That's the next story I want to touch on. And uh, that is by Minerva Raz. Welcome to the show, Minerva. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for having so, me. The Big Bang, is that a big drum or no? <laughs> Tell us a little snippet of the story. Uh, sure. So when I saw the call for submissions to the anthology that it needed to be set in Tucson and be about something Tucsonian, I decided to take a slightly different take than maybe some of the more obvious things about Tucson. And so the story is about a mid-century modern uh, preservation group composed of uh, wealthy people who are working to save mid-century modern architecture in Tucson, of which we actually have a lot, uh, something that I think a lot of people don't necessarily associate with Tucson. Uh, and the protagonist in the story is a witness to a murder that is happening within the society, and she sets out to solve it in a way that is actually fairly self-serving. Uh, so uh, hopefully that's a fun introduction. And I sprinkled in a lot of, sort of mid-century fashion references and other mid-century uh, modern architecture. I love that. Concepts. Yeah, because do, isn't there a uh, Desert Modernism Week? I know there's one in Palm Springs, or well, now they're doing two in Palm Springs, but... Um, modernism is a big part of Tucson's scene. You know what I mean? The landscape of, and I think that's why even the way the houses and, and homes are in some of the buildings that they blend in with nature. It's not Frank Lloyd Wright style, but have that way of blending in that you don't really feel like there's a million plus people in Tucson and everyone's spread out in the valley, you know, but you know what I mean? It, I, I think that that architecture just it blends I have to keep using the word blend blends well into you know the Sonoran Desert um yes, but definitely. I think there's a, a week there is a week I believe um a modernism week that happens in the fall in Tucson yes. 
You are right. And I changed the names because I did not intend to actually implicate the uh, existing society that I believe it's called the uh, Tucson Preservation Foundation. It's something Mm -hmm. like that. And they they celebrate architecture, both of the Pueblo style and the mid-century modern style. But we do they do typically host a week in October where they highlight different uh, mid-century uh, aspects of our architecture. And yes, it cool. does blend into the environment. It's really designed to have the large windows so that you have all of that access uh, to the interior and exterior in very simple uh, styles. Mm. And our next uh, writer we want to chat with an author is Elaine uh, Powers, Elaine A. Powers. She's been on the show before with Tucson Sisters in Crime talking about her work. And when we talk about fitting into the landscape, she does it with um, lizards and iguanas. <laughs> and uh, she she's an animal lover. Uh, she is, knows a lot uh, in regards to iguana conservation and does a lot for teaching kids. And, you know, through that also families. Her story in the book is called It's Good to Be Alive. It's based on a true story. And you can keep up with her at ElaineAPowers.com. So welcome back, Elaine. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. I'm glad to be here again. I'm used to seeing you with an iguana on your shoulder, like, well, on your whole body, because they're not small iguanas. Like the the Tucson iguanas are different than some of the other ones that you write about, right? Well, this is true. The the chuckwallas and the uh, desert iguanas tend to be much smaller lizards than the ones I have as my household mates, which are green iguanas and rock iguanas. So they tend Mm. to be between five and six feet long. Do you talk to them? Of course. The, the, the native ones? I knew you did. I know. Now, do they inspire you to write stories that, you know, involve murder? <laughs> like, okay. um, actually, they do. Uh, you know, it, it's a lizard-eat-lizard world out there. So uh, there, there's lots of treachery and murder and consumption going on. Oh, that sounds really good, Elaine. Nice <laughs> consumption. That's a that's a weird word choice right there. I like it. Um, so tell us a, just a little preview of what your story is about in the anthology. Well, as a biologist, um, I tend to put a more perhaps animal slant on my stories. And so whereas most of the stories in the book involve people, that may not be true of my story. Oh, and they don't give so, too much away, but it is a uh-huh. true happening that happens quite frequently outside. Is consumption involved? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and consumption is involved. Yes. Okay. I hey, this is you know what I'm I'm getting very interesting visuals here. Um, <laughs> I don't know what Cheryl's going to do for the next book cover, but I'm starting to see some weird things. I need to talk to her about. <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> I love it. I, I want to bring our our next guest, uh, writer Chris Neri, on the show. Uh, her story is the gift of Christmas future, and you know I love that she brings that in because even Christmas, like when we think about Christmas in the desert, um, you know, Nancy and I travel full time on across the country and have experienced white Christmas kind of settings, like the real big snow recently, and. Um, all I'm going to say is Tucson does get snow once in a while and it's magical, but um, so don't think the desert can't have like that white Christmas. It's a whole different thing and it's magic, but welcome, Chris. How are you? 
Thank you, Lisa. Uh, I'm great. It's great to be here. It's good to have you on the show. And I know that you're into the world of paranormal uh, and also in the supernatural. So I think this is going to be fun. So did did we beam up with this with this story? Tell us a little bit about the gift of Christmas feature. Uh, no, this story is, uh, I guess, natural, not supernatural. Um, and it's a, a story of a Tucson detective, police detective, who had a troubling childhood and is now faced with a an impossible to solve crime wave in Tucson. And um, the past gives some indication of how it might be solved. Hmm. But I the like Christmas it. there is more of a typical, uh, employs more of typical Tucson December weather, and including um, the need to weed grass in the in the desert and how how much grows in in our yards in the desert. That's true. It does, and that's something. I mean, the Sonoran Desert is magical, right? It's really five seasons compared to four, you know, and. Um, that's that's the cool thing about Tucson. And when you get didn't this year you guys got some snow this year, so it's a little different yeah. than the typical. But I think is just when I was seeing photos, I wanted to go home. I was like, where? <laughs> I love it. I love it because it's really special. I, I want people to know your website, which is Chris Author.wordpress.com. And that's Chris, it's K-R-I-S. Um, but then we were talking about gardening, and that leads me right to Lynn Nicholas, who's been on the show before. Uh, Lynn, uh, her story in the book is Desert Bloomers Gardening Club. Now, listen, I know things happen in these gardening clubs. And if someone's going to bury, some, <laughs> just saying, um, gardening clubs could go in any way. But uh, you can keep up with Lynn at her website. It's lynnnicholaswrites.com. And that's L-Y-N-N. Welcome back, Lynn. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Well, you know, the last time you were on the show, you were talking about your novel Dancing Between the Beats. Um, are, do you have beets inside your garden? I just want to know if you're growing any beets. <laughs> it's a little warm for that now in desert in, in Tucson, right? <laughs> but um, I know you love to garden. So, you know, tell us a little bit about your story and, and what inspired it. Because I, I love that it's you even talk about desert gardeners because I want people to know you can garden. Oh, I have a desert style English garden. It's packed weeds weeds are not weeds to me if they bloom so yes i love gardening and i had joined a gardening club it was an online club but you could meet in person i'm i have to say i'm not a joiner so it went against the grain for me to join a club i hear the word club and i think infighting and i think control and I, but i gave it a go well there was a lot of infighting and control <laughs> and i bailed out of it and that club sort of inspired me. You know what they say, don't annoy the writer or you'll end up in a story and you'll be murdered. That's sort of what happened. Um, but but it went the opposite way. The person that should have been murdered wasn't. But anyway, um, Sisters in Crime does these wonderful meetings where they have speakers come in. And they did one meeting where um, a forensic scientist talked to us. And he, he started this whole line of, of, of chat about women and how when women commit murders it's most often by poisoning and then he started talking about plants and he started talking about castor bean plants which is a gorgeous plant but evidently the bean mm -hmm. is extremely poisonous and it looks just like a pinto bean 
So mm. between the gardening club, which I had just left with sort of an overbearing president of the club and learning about poisonous plants, my mind just sort of started spinning. And they, Eva spoke to me about um, Sisters in Crime doing an anthology for Left Coast Crime. I'm just dipping my toe into crime writing. I've got one piece of flash fiction out there that was published. This is my first short story ever. Wow. I had a lot of fun with it. I really had a lot of fun with it. I was very, very pleased when it was accepted. I think that's a huge deal. And I do want to touch on this with all of you. Um, We have one more uh, author I want to bring on, but um, because short story writing is actually, I think, sometimes harder, you know, to, to be so like, you have to, you know, the editing process and, you know, keep it fast paced. And when you're writing crime and mystery, that's even harder like you you know what I mean it I think that um there's a real talent to doing it and um attention to detail and yet you want that pace you know so um really appreciate that and let's we'll talk about that in a second but next I want to bring Conda Douglas on because not only do we have a big bang story we have a triple dang and that's what she writes about uh, that's her story in the book triple dang and apparently based on a bar um a bar experience now I want to know about this bar. Um, I'm all in because Tucson's got some good bars in there. Like you, you could do anything from a typical southwestern style bar with you know margaritas to like go to Hotel Congress, or then you with the has the best Bloody Marys in town, as I recall. Um, And then you could also turn around and go to a tiki bar and have you know a really cool tropical drink and feel all tropical and happy. So. Um, Tucson has some interesting places for sure. So welcome, Conda. How are you? I'm good. Hey, I like a cocktail now. And Eva yeah. knows that. That's true. <laughs> I'm not too sure you could get a cocktail at the bar I write about. Uh-oh. <laughs> you could get a beer. Oh, it's one of and those. <laughs> oh, oh. And um, is it cash only or are credit cards accepted? Credit cards are accepted because oh. it is a modern bar, but it might as well be from the 1800s. And it comes from my experience. I lived, I'm now in Idaho, but I lived for many years, not many years, but I lived for years in Tucson. And I was a film editor and I went out on mm. cruise and it was the end of the day and we were desperate for food and drinks and we went into this bar that was uh, a it, in the 1800s, it would have been called a bucket of blood bar. Mm-hmm. You can call it a dive. <laughs> a saloon, a dive saloon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perhaps there were some uh, bikers there and our cameraman said, oh, my God, we're dead. But at least we'll have a good burger and beer before we die. And everybody laughed, and it was a good burger and beer. But that was the inspiration for this story, Triple Dang. Uh, Also, the inspiration was, if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And our protagonist, an older gal, is has the... And also in Arizona, they have open carry. Mm -hmm. And the bar is open carry. The Ooh. open carry bar, and because everybody, I think I know where you were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you may have. Is it still there? 
Um, I, well, the last time I was there, it was closed. Um, but I think it has a new owner. And there's two across from each other that open and close. Open and close and open and close. Yes. The yeah, bar. yeah. Yeah. It's biker friendly bar. bar. <laughs> I Both changed biker the name. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so she has man trouble and she has a tool. And we oh. go there. <laughs> oh, well, well put. Okay, no more. That, that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, and everyone, you can keep up with Conda Douglas. Go to amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Conda Douglas. Uh, Eva, I want to go back to you and everyone. EvaEldridge.com is Eva's website. Um, Trouble in Tucson. Um, did you come up with the name first or and, and then everybody wrote accordingly? And then how how fun was it having to say no to people when you wanted those stories in? Like, how did you know when was the quitting point of exceptions? Um, Trouble in Tucson was the name of the Left Coast Crime Convention. That, okay. So they have Left Coast Crime and then each town has their own thing. And that was Left Trouble in Tucson. So with that title, I already have the title. I, I wanted the stories literally to be trouble in Tucson. They could be close to Tucson, but they had to be something in Tucson. So I had a couple of really great stories, but they didn't really happen here. And I ended up having to reject them. And then it was a matter of, I mean, there's a lot of murder going on in this anthology, but it was all different kinds of murder. I wanted a variety of stories that people didn't expect something like what Elaine wrote. That's not a typical story. So that's a consumption story. <laughs> it is a consumption story written in a way to make you guess a while what's going on with that. Um, and then we had, you know, your typical de detective stories. We had a couple of those. And then we had like Conda's story, which was completely different. Um you know, it was really kind of fun. So my choice of stories were, were were based on that and then length. So when I had to reject people, there were people I really didn't want to reject because the stories were good, but I already had something I thought oh, that was a little better that fit the niche mm. for this anthology. So yeah, that part's not fun. Rejection, rejection is not fun no matter what you do. But no. Yeah. So, and, you know, after you accept them, people still have to do things, you know, are you willing to make changes in your story? Are you willing to do this? You're willing to do that? You know, because if they're not, if they're going to say my story, it has to go in like this or nothing, then um, I'm sorry, I can't work with you and I'll have to choose somebody else's story. So mm. I didn't get it. I didn't have any of those. <laughs> What was it like in regards to you're the editor of it? So, yeah, you can see like, hey, this needs to be switched around because editing is um, different than proofreading. Yet at the same, they hold hands, but there's two different um, things with that. So tell I, us a little bit about that process. I did not do much in the way of like proofreading. I did not do much in the way of copy editing. I, you know, a little bit maybe, but mine was mostly developmental um can we fix this a little bit oh i this isn't clear um how can you make this more clear um conda and i worked on her title because she had trouble in a tucson bar or something like that and i didn't really want trouble in in the in the titles of the story so you know most of my 
suggestions were, um, this bugs me a little bit. What can we do to make it better? That's mm-hmm. what I did for a lot of these. It, you know, editing, proofing, copyright, all of that is, um, it's tricky. And I, I want to bring Cheryl on with this, Cheryl Ryan, everyone again. Um, she does that. And, you know, some. You, I think that, you know, as a proofreader, you know, editing, all of that, you're, you can be a best friend. And then at the same time, people automatically have a hatred for this person who wants to make change. Right, Cheryl? How do you balance that in, in your career and working with people to let them know, I'm doing the best thing for you. You know, I'm trying to make you better and um, so that everything shines. You know, it, whenever you create something, whatever that is, that's a part of you. And so it's hard as a human to not take criticism personally. We have to just be above that. And that's really hard. And mm. I'm also have been writing and I'm going to have the same thing I'm going to have the same problem. I can see that already. I just, you know, it's personal. Yeah, I think so. Because when you write, it's, yeah, you you sweat. Writing is not that easy. I mean, you you get your first wave out and then it's now you're sweating the bullets. You know, it's, it is blood, sweat and tears. You know, I think, and, and crime and mystery writers put themselves through their own, like, ringer, you know, to make this happen. But I I wanted to touch base on the fact of it being short stories. And, you know, if you look at writing a novel, it's still a, you know, a collection of short stories, but all tied to one thing. It's but a short story that has to stand up and be completely different within an anthology. I think it is not just, hey, let me just write a quick story and off it goes. It just doesn't really work that way. So uh, let's go back to you, Kondo, on this. Um, what's it like writing a short story versus something longer as, as a mystery book? Well, I actually love to write short and I credit it with all my success. And there are differences. Uh, mostly you can go much deeper when you're writing a longer work and you're expected to go deeper. You're supposed to have more elements, more plot elements, secondary plots, characters, and all of that in a short story is way too much. (laughs) So you have to have a limited amount of characters, one plot line, uh, you know, uh, uh, one major theme, one twist if you're going to have a twist because you have to set up the twist. So that is the difference. But I also want to mention that I love writing short stories and placing them in places like Trouble in Tucson because I'm terrible at titles. And Eva came up with the perfect title for my story. And if I hadn't had the experience with Eva, the editor, we were never had had triple dang. Mm. Does your experience in film help you be able to keep things short and sweet? Maybe not sweet, but you know. <laughs> it's very useful. It's very useful to write short first because you have to make every sentence matter. You have mm. to have the elements of does it do characterization? Does it show conflict? Does it demonstrate the plot instead of telling? Because I've 
worked with a lot of beginner short story writers and they tend to tell. So you really have to work to show and everything has to have meaning, which mm. it's like dialogue. You right. have to make sure though that dialogue tells, shows something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to go to Janet. Um, again, Janet wrote Adam Carmona and the case of the Saguaro Ripper. Um, but Janet, I know that you also do a, a podcast um, that you also have been also doing a lot of short stories. What are your feelings on writing short stories versus like a, a thick novel? Like if you're going to write Gone with the Wind. <laughs> well, I have one mostly finished novel manuscript and another one that I refer to as the revision from hell, which should tell you something. I Ooh. love writing short because it's a lot closer to instant gratification than writing long. Um, mm -hmm. In addition to everything Conda said about short stories as a form, and I love reading them as well as writing them. But I can get a short story done in a reasonable length of time and go from concept to completed and submitted. I struggle with novels. I enjoy working on a novel and I enjoy that, you know, you have this bigger canvas and you can, you know, you have your subplots and deeper characterization and all this fun stuff. But for me, because I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a slow writer, it takes me forever and I get lost in the tangles and then I get sidetracked because work takes over my life or something. And then I forget where I was mm. with short. I just have that, that feeling that that reward, right. Of It's done. Move mm. on to the next thing. And mm. yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I want to go to Minerva. Um, again, she wrote uh, the big bang um, Minerva in would, I know that you're working on your novel, so your first novel. So, and then you've also written poetry, and you know. So, what's it like to, you know, here I'm going to write a short story while I'm working on a novel. Do you, are you able to make that split? Because I don't know, my brain likes to merge everything. That's why we're the blend. <laughs> One of the reasons. How was that writing a short story while working on a novel? So I basically set the novel aside while I wrote the first draft of the short story, mostly because when I'm writing something, I have the characters living in my head and they're talking to me all the time and I'm thinking about what they're going to do next, even when I'm not at the computer. And it would just be too crazy to try to do that with, with different works. Uh, so I wrote the short story. And then I went back to the novel, which I'm working on now. I actually have two novels I'm working on. And that's also requires me to put one aside and pick up the other one, which is maybe a little bit crazy, but that's how my process goes. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And what works for you. Uh, Chris Neri, um, who wrote The Gift of Christmas Future in Trouble in Tucson on the anthology, is a writing instructor writing, not a writing, like horse riding, because you think of Tucson, you think horses too. Uh, but Chris, um, any input on on writing short stories, you know, for folks, especially if they're getting started? Um, it is definitely different from writing a novel. Um, the thing to remember in a short story is it can only take a small idea and one Usually it's one thread that carries through, whereas a novel, there are so many threads and so many subplots that we're weaving together, especially in a mystery, which are so hard. It's also not, if you want to write a mystery short story, the whodunit form 
that we see in novels of exploring numerous uh, suspects typically doesn't work. Uh, mm. There's just not enough word count to be able to handle enough suspicion of enough characters. So it's better to, um, well, if you have a short, to, to use a different format than the whodunit format. It's also a good idea to start pretty close to the climax, even if it means backtracking to, to bring in more backstory. It's a good idea to start a, to initially start a story close to the climax. That often is a style that works. Mm, good points. Really good points. Uh, I want to also go back to Elaine because um, Elaine used the word consumption. And I, I you know, this, this is going to stay with me for the rest of the day, consumption. Consumption. But, yes. but, I, but this is, this, it's important because when you think about short stories, about your word use, right? And you don't want to use the same things over and over. Like, you know, we do a lot of travel and food writing and stuff like that. And how many times are you going to say delicious? And then how far are you going to go in word usage that people have no clue what you're talking about? Like, really, you're going to make me do the dictionary? Um, well, today when we recorded, that was the first dictionary got copywritten. But anyway, go Noah. Um, but at the same time, like how far, how do you balance your your words and how do you do that placement? And and I want to go to you because you also write from the point of view of animals, which is also not, you're also writing, the, you know, animals that aren't always the furry, friendly, you know, cutesy ones. You <laughs> may think they're cute and I agree with you, but some people will go, you know, and iguana isn't cute. I think they're very cute. but. So can you can you kind of elaborate on that for you as a writing process about using really interesting words because you do? Well, th this is true um, because I, I have the two kinds of writing where I'm educating about science. And so then I will use a correct scientific term. And if I need to, then I'll provide a little bit of an explanation as to that meaning. But in writing things like the short story, you, you tr I had to work to come up with words that were appropriate to describe a human as well as non-human beings. Um, so it, it it's kind of, you know, we, we anthropomorphize animals a lot and, and that helps, but you, you try to choose words that are intriguing, maybe not so clear cut, but uh, mm -hmm. appropriate for the use I have in mind. So it, it's a, a very creative process. And does it touch into even like being poetic and rhythmic, right? You know, in what you use, how does it roll off the tongue? How does it read? Oh, absolutely. So yes. That part of it. Well, that leads me to Lynn, um, Lynn Nicholas again, you know, she's gardening. She knows about ballroom dance um, and we're back to music again. Sorry, it always happens. Um, Lynn, when you're writing, whether it's a short story, your novel, how does rhythm, how is that important for you? Do you think your background in dance helps? Well, when I wrote Dancing Between the Beats, um, a lot of the storyline, the betrayals and the secrets and the <clears throat> issues with people and miscommunication and expectations, that almost could be said anywhere. It could be said in a doctor's office. It could be said anywhere. But they do say write what you know. 
And I was pretty involved with ballroom dance when I wrote it. And the ballroom dance studio is just such a fascinating place with personalities. You have doctors and mathematicians and scientists taking lessons from these young people who really only have a high school background. And you have all of this interesting interaction between people and you have competitiveness, but you have, you know, you're friends with people you're competing with. And it's it's just a fascinating world. So I wanted to set a story with issues between people because I tend to write character driven and the plot is to give my people something to do rather than the other way around. Oh, wait a minute. Do you spy on your neighborhood? Do I I spy on my neighborhood? Yeah, when you're gardening, you're taking a good look around and seeing if something's going on, aren't you? No, my my backyard's all walled in so I don't see anybody, but I'm really cozy. I love to know what's going on in people's lives. Just I love, love it. it. I love it. I, I want to go to Amber because I think this is a really interesting side of writing too. Uh, Amber, I know you write silly songs for your cats. And we love that you rescue cats, by the way. Um, but Amber, you're also certified in breath Qigong yoga and also a Tai Chi instructor. So what I wanted to ask you is in writing and even reading to take a breath before you rush through a book, Right. What do you think breath work can do for writers to kind of just chill out a little bit and clear your thoughts? Can it help clear the mind and not get, you know, when I talked about blood, sweat, and tears, I mean it because you can get all freaked out, especially if you have a deadline, then it's like, you know, that I mean, it can be stressful. So tell us a little bit about breathing and yoga, Tai Chi, those kinds of practices that could help. Oh, I'd be happy to. I actually write a column, Wellness for Writers, and I teach workshops to help writers um, unblock mental and physical energy. And, you know, we get tied in knots when we're sitting at our laptops. So there's a couple of things breathing does for you. Um, When you sit and you start to constrict, all the breathing starts to go up, 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 up until it gets to chest level. And the less distance between your head and where you're breathing, the less oxygen you get. So you want to bring that oxygen down to your lower belly to really open up and get that oxygen flowing and keep your brain working really well. The other thing it does is it brings all your energy back to you because there's so much pulling on us every day email, social media, things you need to do for your family or for your cats, and your energy just flies away from you. So when you breathe and you take that time to bring your breath back to you, you're connecting to your inner thoughts and you bring all your concentration to what it is you want to do without all that distraction. So it's a very important thing, even to take just 10 seconds, 10 breaths and put your palms facing up on your legs and just focus on your 10 fingertips for 10 breaths. And it's amazing how it clears your mind and clarifies your focus. Ooh, everybody, there's some good tips right there. I like that. That's for everyone, especially everyone just working nonstop, even, you know, um, for everyone working nonstop at their computer. Don't we all do that? You know, especially balancing work and writing and that balance too. Isn't that something for writers uh, that uh, Amber uh, should be, you know, you may be working, you know, remotely or whatever on your computer all day. And then suddenly you want to go into your writing mode to switch gears. You know, um, I always battle with that being outside, maybe doing filming or whatever I'm doing all the outside 
connecting with people work. And then I'm supposed to go and, and shut up and write. <laughs> and, and I can't because I'm in talkie mode. You know, it's even hard to do a podcast and then for me to go and do quiet stuff. Anytime so, you switch tasks, it takes 10 seconds for your brain to sink over to the new thing. So if you take that 10 seconds to just breathe and bring your focus back to yourself, it, it, no matter what you're doing creatively or your day job, it really helps. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. I want to thank you all for joining us here on Big Blend Radio to talk about Trouble in Tucson. The anthology is out now. So you can go to TucsonSistersInCrime.org. And if you're interested in crime and Tucson, I suggest you become a member. And all the information is there. Um, Again, it's on uh, Trouble in Tucson is on Amazon. I want to go through and give everybody a a chance to say goodbye and uh, let everyone know what they're working on now so you can keep up with them and also find out how to follow them. So let's start over with Chris. Chris, uh, again, she wrote uh, The Gift of Christmas Future. Chris, what is next for you? And uh, tell people how best way for them to keep up with you. Um, I have a new novel coming out later this year called Magical Mushrooms, and it's part of my paranormal series, <laughs> um, and it's lots of fun. And uh, the best way is to uh, sign, follow my blog on my website um, or sign up with Southwest Word Fiesta since I'm in New Mexico, since I am on the uh, steering committee of Southwest Word Fiesta, and I send my news through that. Oh, wow. And and where, where is that fiesta based in New Mexico? Um, it's based in Silver City, New Mexico. That's what I thought. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's a nice book festival. Yeah, that is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, you know what? The, the Silver City is like an art community and... We love, love it there. It's right around the corner from Tucson. So that makes good sense. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. Yes. And and, and so I get to live in a small town and visit a a big city whenever I get a chance. That's awesome. That's awesome. Conda, let's go to you um, in regards to um, what you're working on now and how people can keep up with you and follow you. Yeah, I am working on the second of my short story collections, Mild West Mysteries 2, 13 more stories of murder and mayhem. And um, it'll be released by at the end of May. And um, you can find me on uh, my Amazon page. Okay, so everyone, Conda Douglas is the best place to go on Amazon to find her there. Uh, Minerva Raz, uh, again, the author of The Big Bang in the Tucson book, the Trouble in Tucson anthology. Minerva, what's coming up next, your novel? Or do you have more short stories coming out? And how can people keep up with you? So I have a novel that's going through sort of a second draft review with a writer group I'm part of. It's a cozy murder mystery. I have it conceived as a series. It's set in Hood River, Oregon, which is a place where I have my second homes. It's not set in Tucson, uh, about a group of ladies who found a uh, cat rescue. And I'm hoping that will be picked up by a publisher at some time in the future. Don't normally write short stories, but I'm hoping to write some more of them. This was a, a fun experience and I am just launching a website. So hope to have that up shortly. It would be 
MinervaRaz.com. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Janet Alcorn, again, everyone, uh, she, she's writing about the Saguaro Ripper. I like that name, by the way. Um, <laughs> Adam Carmona. Uh, Janet, what's coming up next for you? I am revising my second novel, which is a domestic suspense about a young lawyer who returns very reluctantly to her hometown to say goodbye to her unpleasant and dying father and ends up getting pulled into a quest to find her best friend from childhood and ends up crossing paths with a serial killer. Dang. I know. Yeah. Lots of drama. <laughs> so the, is, is uh, Janet Alcorn the best place? JanetAlcorn.com for people to find you? Yes, I am on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as well. All those links are on the website, but I blog regularly mostly weekly, sometimes more than that. And I try to be funny. So if you like wacky sense of humor and childish humor, I'm your girl and Def Leppard. Yeah. So stop by. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Elaine A. Powers, um, again, it's elaineapowers.com. Elaine, um, do you have more consumption coming up? What's next? Uh, actually, I do. Uh, I'm continuing to work on my science-based illustrated books um, at do check out my videos on YouTube and TikTok. And if you want to see some of my um, inspiration that I have around the house, Arizona Illustrated came and recorded us for an episode that should be aired this month. Oh, that's so exciting. Congratulations. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And Amber, um, Mariachi Mischief. Um, Amber, tell everybody what's next for you. I am querying my children's mystery where a hatched pepper is murdered. The vegetables are all suspects and the detective is a quail chick named Maisie. Seriously? So, this seriously. is cool. <laughs> yes. And it's a set I love it. in from my backyard. Um, and for people to find me, I'm on Instagram, but the best place really is my website. I have a newsletter where you get essays about what's happening in the sky, earth, or water around my neighborhood and in the desert. So you can sign up there. Um, you can also find articles on wellness for writers. And if you're interested in Tai Chi, you can sign up. It's free through Ability360 anywhere in the country. So love mm. to see you in class. Awesome. And, awesome. Yeah. So Amber Donleffler.com and that's Amber's A-M-B-R-E Donleffler.com for Amber. Let's go to you, Lynn. Um, she's in the garden, I know, um, digging up bodies. No, I'm kidding. But um, Lynn, uh, what's next for you? Well, if you go to my website, lynnnicholaswrites.com, it, it opens to my blog. And my last blog post, most recent, sort of explains why I'm not writing right now. I'm in the garden. I just can't focus in the spring. I can't stay indoors. So I've made myself go through my files. I'm going through my in-progress rework revision files. I mainly write flash fiction. I'm probably going to continue with some more pieces of flash fiction and try to come up with another crime-related story. I want to use the parrot that I used in a draft novel that I never took to publication, but there's some fun stuff in that novel. But yeah, right now, I'm sorry, people. I'm in the garden. I love it. I love it. And parrots are cool. Yeah. I knew I knew a parrot that lived behind a hotel and they didn't, every time the hotel owner went out, the parrot told her to shut up. It was great. We would <laughs> sit and time it. You would just say, shut up. 
shut up. And we're like, this is fantastic. You know, it was a good timing. Parrots are fantastic. They are. Um, Cheryl and everyone, CherylRyan.com is a website. Cheryl, what's next for you? What are you working on? which is what I should be doing. I am actually writing more than I should be doing. And I'm going to submit to an anthology and it's completely out of my uh, comfort zone. So that's what I'm doing. Right on. Good for you. That's very cool. Eva Eldridge, the editor and also a writer who's also been published in Sanskrit. Again, her website is evaeldridge.com. You can read her articles and listen to past podcasts on blendradioandtv.com. Also, uh, nationalparktraveling.com. Most recent article is about Fort Windy, which is Fort Union uh, up, uh, yeah, Fort Union up in uh, New Mexico, National Monument. And um, Eva, what is next for you? I am going to go to grad school. To learn publishing. Right on. That's huge, man. That's a that's a big task. That is. Um, like, would you like us to send you? We'll, we'll send you care packages. We're studying. Well, I'll be here at home. It's a low residency program. So I only have to be in Colorado a couple of weeks a year. And um, I think the anthology has helped me define what I want to do more because my writing isn't I mean I like writing for you guys and you're the one who really pushed me into travel writing and it's turning out to be something I actually enjoy um and I'm not all that creative when it comes to telling a huge you know a story I can do short stories sometimes but some of you guys are much better storytellers than me so I'd rather play with the publishing Ah, interesting. Well, I think, you know, putting this together is is a huge task. And working with everyone is, you know, it's not easy. Like, you know, Cheryl was saying, this is personal. So it's it's not an easy thing. And if you've got the if you've got the personality for it and also the love of good words put together well, um, that's brilliant. So I want to thank you all for joining us again. Uh, keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com. We air twice a day because there's something wrong with us. Uh, every morning, our Big Daily Blend comes out. And every uh, afternoon, depending on where you are, um, is a uh, interview or a panel discussion like today. So you can keep up with us again at BigBlendRadio.com. And of course, the Tucson Sisters in Crime is TucsonSistersInCrime.org. Thank you all for joining us. Take care and best wishes on all your next writing. Thank, Thank you, you, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you.